On Friday afternoon, an arbitrator handed down a ruling on forward Yakov Trenin's contract, and this got us thinking. Which Nashville Predators players will fans think are overpaid at the end of next season, and which Preds players may be underpaid after a strong 2022-23 season? Today, I'm joined by On the Forechecks, Jeff Middleton, to talk overpaid and underpaid Nashville Predators, all on today's Lockdown Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Predators, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I am usually joined by my partner in crime, Nick Morgan, but Nick is wrapping up a well-deserved vacation. Today, I am going to be joined by our co-worker at OnTheForeCheck, Jeff Middleton, and Jeff and I are going to talk about overpaid and underpaid Nashville Predators. But before we dive into all of that, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered with more odds, props, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So on Friday, Yakov Trenin's arbitration settlement was announced, and that really kind of got me thinking over the weekend how often fans and media tend to compare a player's performance over the course of a season versus their salary for that season and decide that that player is either overpaid or underpaid. So today I've invited Jeff Middleton from OTF to join me, and we're going to take a look at the Predators roster, and we're going to talk through who we think the Nashville Predators players are that are overpaid or underpaid. So I am joined now by Jeff Middleton, our co uh, co-worker and a phenomenal writer at OnTheForeCheck.com and about a million other places. So Jeff, thank you for joining me to talk overpaid, underpaid Nashville Predators. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. So let's start with the most recent financial um, move that the Predators made. Of course, on Friday, they announced that the results of the arbitration with Yakov Trenin, $2.4 million for two years, 1.7 per year. Going into arbitration, Trenin wanted a one-year $2.4 million. The Predators wanted two years, $1.35 million. How do you feel about how this all shook out for Yakov Trenin and the Preds? I mean, I think I, I like it for both sides. Obviously, Trenin didn't get what he wanted, which, you know, everybody wants higher than. Yeah. Nothing. Always ask but, big. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think in terms of value, it's, it's a pretty good deal. Um, you know, Trenin was a huge part of the team's success last year. Um, he was a huge reason the herd line succeeded. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, he scored, plenty of goals. He was one of the only like stat sheet contributors in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think 1.3 was low and mm-hmm. 2.4 was high. So I, I like that they, you know, the arbiter came to a middle ground there. Um, because I think that that value is perfect for both the player and for uh, the Preds in the, in the long run, I guess, even though it's only a two year deal. 
Yeah, I do. I, I agree with you. I like this deal. I think Trenton's a little bit tricky. And I talked about this last week because it's kind of hard to find comparables for him because you look at his stats and like maybe they aren't as impressive, but then you look at like his general overall contribution. And I think he, you know, like you said, in the playoffs, he was certainly a huge part of mm-hmm. the minimal amount of positives that came out of those four games. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I like this deal. I think this is a good deal. I feel like um, I feel like Trennan, if he repeats, you know, next season, the season he has now, I think everybody's going to feel pretty good still with a, you know, that $1.7 million, you know, a year deal. I think that's, I think he's right paid, not overpaid, not underpaid. I'd say right paid. Yeah. And I think it's going to take a lot for him to be considered overpaid. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think that, I like, you know what you're going to get with Yakov Trennan. You know, he's going to, if he's not scoring, he's, you know, playing the body, he's playing solid defense. Like, he's, like, you know what you're getting. And I think a Luke Cunning-esque year is, is what he's going to have to have to be considered overpaid. But even then, I don't think it's going to be anything. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's getting paid less than Luke Cunning. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think we, we don't, we don't like to talk about those Luke no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was maybe overpaid, but what we're going to talk about, we won't talk about that. So no. another contract recently, of course, was Philip Forsberg's big contract, eight point five million dollar contract. Um, and I know, like, look, I was one of the ones where at some points waiting for this deal to get done, it was like, just pay him anything, mm-hmm. like give the man a kidney, give him a puppy, give him a, like pay him whatever. When it all sorted out, how do you feel about Forsberg's deal? Do you think this is an overpay underpay, or do you think they got this one pretty right? I mean, I think, I think they got this one right. I think mm-hmm. that honestly, I was expecting more. Um, from Forsberg's side, like, I, I mean, I can understand why Poyle would want, you know, eight to 8.5, but I was uh, like, I was surprised when it was reported that he wanted, you know, 8.5 or like mid, right. to eight, mid eight range. Um, and cause I, you know, after the year he had, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have surprised me at all if he was asking for nine plus. Um, and I get, you know, why David Poyle wouldn't sign him to that because Roman Yossi's contract and all that, and all that jazz. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you're paying him more than Matthew Shannon, Ryan Johansson, and he's a better player than them. So, uh, you know, I think that I think that they got this one right in terms of balancing staying under Roman Yossi's cap hit while also mm-hmm. giving him more than the players that he's better than. Yeah. Yeah, there was there was just a little space for them to kind of hit that spot and they did it. I was surprised. I agree with you. I really felt like Forsberg's camp was going to ask for more and I feel like he maybe could have gotten more had he gone to free agency. So, you know, I wonder if this is a contract, though, if Philip Forsberg doesn't repeat this year's performance next season or the season after, is this a contract you think that may come back to haunt David Poyle? Or do you think Forsberg is going to retain his value down the road? Um, I think, you know, every long-term con, you know, every eight year contract is probably going to bite you in one way or another, but you know, that's what you have to do to get these guys to resign. Like, I mean, there's, there's very few players that are going to keep that same value year over year at an eight by $8.5 million, you know, 
value. Um, yeah. I don't think, I, th- I think that Forsberg is a guy that is, you know, more likely than others to kind of keep taking those steps to ensure that his value is, uh, you know, the same or better. Um, you know, I think, I think a guy like Matt Shane, he's, you know, I've been a big Matt Shane supporter since he came to the Predators, but, you know, I don't think that he's a consistent 40 goal guy. Like I just, I just yeah. don't, especially at 30 years old or however old he is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Forsberg is at an age where, you know, he's kind of, and he's, he's in that area where like, I think that an eight by 8.5 is, you know, something that could look really good next year. If, yeah. you know, there's always a chance that it looks bad, but I think Forsberg is not only does he have the skill, but he also, you know, is, at that point in his career where I'd be okay with signing him to that. Yeah. And I, I think too, it adds value because Forsberg is definitely one of those players that, you know, Poyle is building around, you know, and not to say anything against Duchesne or Johansson, but I think Forsberg is going to be foundational for this team in, you know, long run. So I can Mm -hmm. see why this is an investment that Poyle was willing to make. And I, I think it would take a lot for fans to feel like Forsberg was overpaid. I think he'd really, again, we go back to the Luke Cunning year. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's kind it's of where it would have to be. It's going to take yeah. a lot. Coming up, we are going to talk about two Predators players that always seem to stir the overpaid pot. But first, I want to let you know this episode's brought to you by our partners, Athletic Greens, who have created an incredible product, AG1. If you are anything like me, you have been searching for that perfect combination of vitamins and supplements to boost your energy and improve your immune system. But I know for me, that search feels overwhelming. I finally got a chance to try AG1. And in AG1, I found the one product that provides everything all those pills and supplements couldn't. So what is AG1? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, boosts energy, focus, and recovery. And AG1 is so easy to incorporate into any lifestyle. You just get up in the morning and mix one scoop with a glass of water, shake it up a little bit, and it is ready to go. There's no cutting, measuring, mixing, blending. And here's the thing, it tastes great. Usually green powders taste so bad, it's impossible to make them a habit. But let me tell you, AG1 has this really light, refreshing taste. It's like a little bit tropical vanilla, just a real easy and delicious flavor. AG1 is a micro habit with big benefits. You will notice a difference in your energy and focus throughout the entire day. There'll be no crash, no afternoon slump, and it costs less than $3 a day. So imagine trying to get all of the vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and adaptogens for the cost of your daily coffee stop. With Athletic Greens, you are investing in an all-in-one easy and delicious nutritional insurance. Don't just take my word for it, check out Athletic Greens, more than 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com 
slash NHL network to take control over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So two contracts that the Nashville Predators fans have had some big feelings about are the contracts of Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson. Jeff and I dive into discussing whether those players are overpaid or underpaid. So two contracts that Nashville Predators fans have had some really big feelings about for a while are the contracts of Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson. Both of them are considered consistently overpaid. How do you think last season will affect that perception? Let's start with Matt Duchesne. I mean, Duchesne had an incredible year. Like he was, yeah. I, I think he was, you know, he was top three best players on the team and it's not even really a debate. Um, mm -hmm. But he, you know, my problem is that while I do think that last year was, you know, he, he played to a level where his contract was not taken into the equation that because you didn't have to worry about it. Yeah. Like I said before, it, it does, you know, worry me that he is getting older and as skilled as he is, you know, he's never scored 40 goals before. Yeah. And, Obviously, that could change again if he keeps playing with Forsberg and Granlund because, you know, anything those guys can make anything happen. Right. Um, but, you know, that contract, it looked pretty terrible for the first few years. Um, and I think, you know, as he gets older, it will probably get worse. Um, you know, I don't know how old he'll be when the contract ends exactly. Um, but I, I assume he'll be older thirties. Yeah. Um, so, you know, paying an older thirties, Matthew Shane at $8 million is, is, you know, it's not a That's great a, look, but yeah, I mean, I think as long as he can be a guy that as long as he plays well with Forsberg and Granlund and he can score 25, 30 goals and be like a 70 point guy, 65 point guy, I think you can be content with, his contract it's not perfect by any means but you know if he can consistently give you that production then it's probably not something that you're going to be whining about or yeah. complaining about yeah and that was one of those things with matt duchene anybody you know anytime people talked about him prior to this season it was kind of this oh yeah eight million dollar matt duchene and i think this season will help some of that i'm interested to see if this season kind of sorts out um, Matt Duchesne and Philip Forsberg, who makes who better? And of course, Mikhail Granlund is the X factor in all of that. Mm -hmm. I think Mikhail Granlund would make me a phenomenal NHL player. <laughs> but I really, I'm, I wonder if we're, you know, as long as they keep that line together, I think it will remain a mystery. But I think it would be really interesting to see, okay, which one of them really was the 40 goal scorer and which one of them got to play with the 40 goal scorer and so became a 40 goal scorer. And I think that'll, you know, that shifts into money discussions for sure. Do you, you don't seem to think Duchesne's going to repeat this, this past season again coming up? Um, I think it's unlikely. Oh, um, I would, me. I, I would love it if he did. Um, but you know, he shot super well last year. Mm -hmm. I think it, it was one of the best years of his career in shooting. You know, he's never scored 40 goals. I think 
I think he could recreate the points, um, but I don't know if he could recreate the goals, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, I don't think – I don't think Matt Duchesne is a 40-goal scorer every year. Um, oh, but I, me. I do think that he could be a consistent 30-goal guy with Granlund and Forsberg. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, I would love for him to prove me wrong. Like, just, yeah. you know, he could score 40 goals for the rest of his contract. Go ahead and do that. Um, <laughs> you know, make me look like an idiot. But um, as from a from a kind of look back and post-mortem on the season, you know, look at it, I don't think, you know, he's mm-hmm. – I don't think he's going to get there every year. I think there might, I think there could be in, you know, a year or two in there that's sprinkled in where he could get back there. But other than that, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's consistent is probably what the answer would be there. How much of the squawking and kind of negative vibe about Matt Duchesne's contract do you think came from the fact that the Predators got rid of P.K. Subban to free up money? Do you think that plays into any of that? Or do you just think it's a dollar amount that had people kind of eh about Duchesne's contract? Um, I'm sure I'm sure it was a little bit of both. You know, P.K. Subban was huge for this Preds franchise and mm-hmm. he's you know, he's not the player he used to be. Um, and, you know, you could kind of see that in his kind of last year with Nashville, especially he dealt with injuries yeah. and all this other problems. Um, but I also think, you know, it does have to do with the fact that you brought in this, you know, high value free agent that scored 30 goals, 70 points with Ottawa and Columbus in his free agent year. And he pooped the bed. Uh, like he, for the first <laughs> couple seasons, he was not like he was not good. The underlying numbers were in his favor, mm-hmm. which is why I was a fan of him. But you know, if you don't produce points, then it doesn't matter. Like yeah. I could I could sit here and talk to you about his analytics all day, but you know, if he's not producing his like if he's not producing numbers in the stat sheet, then it doesn't matter. And I think. A lot of it had to do with his line mates. I mean, yes. as much as I enjoy watching, watch, you know, as, as much as I enjoyed watching him with Brad Richardson and Eric Howla on a line, God, uh, it was, you know, it yeah. was like, it was, it just, it wasn't enough, um, which is why I'm so glad that he's finally got a consistent uh, time yes. with Granlund and Forsberg because you could see him kind of come into his own. Um, but yeah, I yeah. think. I think it's a little bit of both, um, you know, Subban being the defenseman he was for the Predators and then Duchesne being the high value guy that didn't live up to what he was supposed to be in his first couple of years. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, you can co-write my book with me about why Matt Duchesne was vilified for no good reason. I will absolutely do that. (laughs) All right. So. Another big contract, Ryan Johansson. So he signed an eight-year, $64 million contract in July of 2017, AAV of $8 He was coming off of that Stanley Cup run where he was just such a big part that year of the team's success, you know, injured in the playoffs. And, you know, so that was a whole thing. In 2016-17, he was tied for first in points with Victor Arvidsson. He led the team with 47 assists. He had a big year. Timing is everything when you're making these contracts. 
But this one seems to have soured for a lot of people pretty quickly. How do you feel about Ryan Johansson's contract? Overpaid, underpaid? You feel like they got it just right? I think, you know, I, I like you said, it, timing is everything with this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's why it's why guys have great years and before they hit free agency is because yeah. they want their money and you know they know that people are going to sign them because they're really good players. Um, I think Ryan Johansson is in a weird spot. Um, you know he's he's being outproduced by Matthew Shane for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, he's not a really a true number one center but he's a guy that could be one. I think this year he looked, you know, Johansson this year looked, I I was impressed with him. Like I thought he had a really good year. Um, And I think that him and Duchesne both had years where people were a little less concerned about the contract value, which I think at the very least, you know, that's what you need is you need Johansson to have a year or years for the rest of his contract where nobody is being like, this guy's getting paid $8 million. Like, (laughs) you know, you don't have people going up and watching and, you know, cap friendly watching and, you know, reading their stats and kind of looking at their contract value. Um, Yeah. And I think, you know, Johansson's in that, you know, weird spot where I don't think he's gonna improve a ton. I think we've seen, I think we've seen Ryan Johansson, close to his best obviously Mm -hmm. you could have a crazy year next year and but you know i think ryan johansson at what we've seen is a perfectly good player like i you know i enjoyed watching ryan johansson last year i had no problems with how he performed um i don't think he's an eight million dollar player but at the same time i'm not i'm not worried about him at all right I think, too, when you look at contracts like Duchesne and Johansson's especially, and we saw this in the Seattle expansion draft, I think sometimes people are not only frustrated with the amount of money versus performance, but also the amount of money versus can you move this contract? You know, and we saw in the expansion draft here you had Matt Duchesne, Ryan Johansson just sitting there just waiting. Mm-hmm. And they took Kelly Yarncroak. So I think that may be a part of the rub with the contracts like Duchesne's and Johansson's too, as far as, you know, they're just not very movable. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about some of the big contract players coming up. We're going to look at some of the smaller contracts on the Nashville Predators payroll and decide whether those players are overpaid or underpaid. But first, want to let you know this episode's brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built has done it again, folks. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, now is the time because they have a terrific new flavor, cookie dough chunk puffs. That's right. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light, chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. So you have all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it and it's actually healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. What's great about Built is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and it provides tons of health benefits. You can eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You are going to love these cookie dough chunk puffs. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or you just need to grab a quick bite 
bite on the go. Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. You can ditch the calories, the fat, and the sugar and grab yourself a Built Bar. Go to built.com. You can use our promo code LOCKED15 and you can get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So we have players like Carrier, Fabro, and even new predator Ryan McDonough. So are those guys overpaid? We're going to dive into those contracts next. We talked about contracts and moving contracts. The Predators brought in Ryan McDonough, $6.75 million AAV next season. Do you think there is anything that McDonough can do on the ice that is going to convince fans that he is worth that kind of money? Or do you think this is going to be one of those contracts that rubs fans the wrong way? Uh, I think, you know, Ryan McDonough is, he's really good. Like, you know, mm -hmm. he's, he's going to be a good second pair defenseman or even first pair of, I mean, him and Roman Yossi on a pair would be crazy fun. Um, I don't think a 33-year-old McDonough is worth that money. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think he will be ever for the rest of his contract. But that's not to say that he can't provide plenty of value. Um, yes. I think that, you know, 33-year-old Ryan, Ryan McDonough is not a $6 million player but I would be content with him being a $4 million player. Like I can, you know, I can kind of accept that he's not, he's at the stage in his career where he's not going to live up to that contract or, you know, he's going to have one more year where he might and the rest of it, he doesn't. Yeah. But, you know, I think, you know, he's won Stanley cups. He's, he's a big body that, you know, he's, he has veteran leadership. He, he hits people. He plays solid defense by all accounts. Um, you know, his, he's not a complete black hole on offense. Like he's a good two way defenseman that I think the predators needed to shore up the, the top four. And, you know, they didn't, I think, I think the big thing here is the predators didn't trade anything for him. Like they right. gave up pennies for him. And as much as I don't like the contract, I can accept that it's not like they gave up tons of value for a 33-year-old defenseman making $6 million a year. Let's talk Dante Fabro. So $2.4 million, two-year deal. Um, so this is a name that's been brought up. I've heard, you know, kind of suggestions about uh, this could, he could be a good trade piece, freeing up a little bit of cap space. I don't know. Do you feel like Dante Fabro overpaid, underpaid? Do you feel like... 2.4 million is, is pretty accurate for his, his contributions. I think if he has a year, like I think 2.4 million is fine for him. Um, mm -hmm. You know, last year, you know, looking at analytics and kind of watching his game film, I was, I was mostly impressed. Obviously he did a lot of Dante Fabro things where he just kind of <laughs> lost the clock or, you know, like he, like little, stupid yeah. mistakes yeah but i think for the most part he was like he was a pretty solid defenseman mm -hmm. um and you know i think that 2.4 million is a con i think faber is one of those guys that would make 2.4 million look good as he progresses it's not yes. going to be he comes on the scene and scores 
a bunch of points and plays good defense and whatever. And we've seen that Dante Fabro is not that guy right now, right? but that's not to say that he couldn't be worth more than 2.4, you know, in a year or two. Um, mm-hmm. But I think if he, if he keeps this kind of gradual development continuing, you know, I, I wouldn't have a problem paying him $2.4 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, Brian Baston did teach me that plus minus is a total hoax stat, but I'm going to quote it anyway, because he did have his best year was plus 13 for the Predators, mm-hmm. which, you know, defensively, that's great. And I do love your referencing the Dante Fabroisms. You know, we all know what those look like in games. You know, those centerized bless. turnovers that lead to breakaways <laughs> or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Oh, bless his heart. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Another young one, Alexander Carrier. I'm really curious um, what your thoughts are on him. Um, Three-year, $2.2 million total deal. Uh, how do you feel about his value for the price for the Predators? So I like Alexander Carrier better than I like Dante Fabro. Come so, on. Yes. Yeah. Thank so you. So I, I think I like that value a lot. Um, I know there are people in the Nashville media market who don't like Alexander Carrier at all, which shocks me. Um, Mm -hmm. but it, you know, he showed last year that he, he can be a completely capable top four top pair defenseman. Like, I mean, he did, he he did, there was not a, there were very rare times where I was like, oh, that's a really bad mistake. Like Mm -hmm. he, you know, like every rookie defenseman does, he makes mistakes, but at the same time, he would make up for those mistakes. And yes. it would be, like he, he, he impressed me a lot, not only because he's a smaller guy playing physical, but also because he moves the puck well and he was given a lot of responsibility next to Roman Yossi yes. and just took the reins and just went with it. Like I was, I was sincerely impressed with him. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that value is like perfect. Like if they, I mean, I would love to be paying Alexander Carrier $2.2 million per year. And, you know, like he, I think he, as he gets more NHL experience, he's going to become worth way more than that. I've yeah, noted. I would, I agree with you. I think at, at this point where his game is, he is underpaid. You know, my husband and I go rounds about Matt Duchesne. We've started going rounds about Alexander Carrier because I'm with you. I think he is a really good defenseman. And I think part of his value comes in the fact that you can put him out there with Roman Yossi and Roman Yossi can do Yossi things and mm-hmm. you don't have to be super stressed about it because Carrier plays really responsible. So I agree with you. I think he is one of the most chronically underpaid Nashville Predators. Mm-hmm. All right, Jeff, I want to thank you for coming on and talking overpay, underpay. I just want to say for the record, you are chronically underpaid for your amazing <laughs> work. Where can people find your work online and where can they find you online? Yeah, so uh, my Twitter is at jjmiddo 4 you know, I tweet about everything. So you'll get, you know, you'll get all sorts of stuff on there. Um, you can find me at so many different SB Nation sites. Uh, I write about the Preds, the Red Wings, the Avalanche, the Flyers, and the Wild. Um, and that's just hockey. Um, <laughs> I, write, I dabble in the baseball world as well, writing about the Yankees. Um, yeah, so you guys can find me um, on those sites and uh, that's uh, my social is JJ Mid04. So, yeah. all right. Thanks, Jeff.
Yeah, thank you. So we'd love to know, who do you think are the most overpaid and underpaid Nashville Predators? We'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Reach out to us on social media. You can find the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. You can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. And of course, you can find the podcast on YouTube. Just drop a comment. Let us know who are your overpaid and underpaid Predators. That's going to do it for us today at Locked on Predators. Thank you again. And for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back with more episodes later in the week. Have a great day.